0: Good morning. In today's headlines, the first time a former president has faced federal charges. President Biden says he had nothing to do with Trump's indictment, but many Republicans disagree. We have reactions and what's next in the unprecedented federal case. Inhaling wildfire smoke can affect your health. We look at the impacts and how you can protect yourself. And for a former elementary school teacher promoting childhood literacy, is a lifelong passion, and now she's doing it with a little help from the NFL. Find out how. A man on holiday in Egypt met with a tragic death. The Russian citizen was killed in a shark attack close to the beach. The terrifying moment was captured on camera by onlookers. Good morning, everyone. I am Evelyn Lee in by myself for this Friday morning, but do not worry. Kevin will be back early next week. Today it's June 9th and we have a lot to get to, so let's dive right in. A dramatic video out of North Carolina. A train went flying through a tractor trailer that was stuck on a rail crossing. The accident happened on Main Street in Wingate, North Carolina, yesterday evening. The blaring sound of the train's horn can be heard warning the truck as a locomotive came barreling towards the rail crossing. Fortunately, authorities say no one was injured and the train wasn't carrying any hazardous materials. Officials say the driver left the rig before the accident. Former President Trump was indicted over his handling of classified documents yesterday. Trump has responded to the indictment and says he's expected to appear in court next week. Here's the story.
1: Special counsel Jack Smith on Thursday indicted former President Trump in connection to the investigation into his handling of classified documents. Trump first announced the indictment, saying he learned about it from his attorneys. Our country is going to hell, and they come after Donald Trump, weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds. We have such big problems and this shouldn't be one of them. It's a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax. The indictment arises from a months-long investigation by Smith into whether Trump broke the law by keeping presidential records at his Mar-a-Lago estate. News of the indictment came after Trump's lawyer spent about two hours inside the Department of Justice on June 5th, apparently addressing their concerns about the way the case has been handled. Trump reacted to the indictment on Truth Social. I'm an innocent man. We will prove that again, seven years of proving it, and here we go again. Very unfair, but that's the way it is. I just want to thank everybody. We are doing something very special for our country. We're putting America first. I always put America first. This is the first federal indictment of a former president, and the first one against Trump by the Justice Department. Under federal law, a person who has unauthorized possession of any document that could be used to hurt the United States faces up to 10 years in prison. Trump says he declassified the document seized at Mar-a-Lago. He said he's been summoned to appear at the federal courthouse in Miami at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, June 13th.
0: REACTIONS TO TRUMP'S INDICTMENT QUICKLY CAME IN FOLLOWING THE NEWS. MANY REPUBLICANS RALLIED IN SUPPORT OF THE FORMER PRESIDENT. OTHERS IN THE PARTY, ALONG WITH SOME DEMOCRATS, SAY NO ONE IS ABOVE THE LAW. ENTITIES JEREMY SANDBERG HAS MORE ON THE TORRENT OF REACTIONS.
1: To walk off the
2: stage. PRESIDENT JOE BIDEN SAYS HE HAD NOTHING TO DO WITH TRUMP'S FEDERAL INDICTMENT. I HAVE NEVER ONCE, NOT ONE SINGLE TIME, SUGGESTED to THE JUSTICE DEPARTMENT WHAT THEY SHOULD DO OR NOT DO, else TO BRING IN A CHARGE OR NOT BRING IN A CHARGE. I'M HONEST. MANY REPUBLICANS DISAGREE. Reactions flooded in on Twitter Thursday condemning the Justice Department, calling the indictment a weaponization against a political opponent before an election. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy tweeted his support for the former president and 2024 candidate, promising that House Republicans will hold the brazen weaponization of power accountable. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise called the indictment a sham and political persecution, and that it's clear Biden is weaponizing his Department of Justice against his own political rival. Representative Jim Jordan called the news a sad day for America. However, Congressman Adam Schiff said Trump has acted like he was above the law for years and is now being treated like any other lawbreaker. Elon Musk chimed in on Twitter by saying the justice system is in danger of losing public trust. He contrasted the higher interest in pursuing Trump compared to other politicians and said it's very important that the justice system rebut what appears to be differential enforcement. Many of Trump's competitors in the GOP presidential primary came to his defense. Entrepreneur and GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy called it an affront to every citizen. He cautioned against devolving into a banana republic where the party in power uses police force to arrest its political opponents, and asserted it's hypocritical for the DOJ to selectively prosecute Trump, but not Biden. Florida governor and presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis denounced what he called the weaponization of federal law enforcement as a mortal threat to a free society while former governors and primary contenders Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie used the opportunity to criticize their opponent. Hutchinson renewed his call for Trump to drop out from the 2024 presidential race. And Christie declared, no one is above the law, no matter how much they wish they were. A legal analyst from Hofstra University says the case can't stop Trump from running for president. We live in a country where, in the United States, rightly or wrongly, a convicted felon, even if he's convicted, can be elected president. He could even, in theory, serve as president while incarcerated. Senators had this to say about the indictment's possible effects on Trump's quest to take back the White House. It
3: is going to be a weight around his candidacy that I think should be insurmountable. I think we should just let the process play out for Trump. And if Biden gets indicted, I would say the same thing about Biden.
2: Trump's attorney Jim Trusty says the several charges in the indictment include violations of the espionage act, obstruction of justice, destruction or falsification of records, conspiracy and false statements. This is crossing the Rubicon. You know, when we have a weaponized DOJ serving as the as the Praetorian Guard for the Democratic Party for the incumbent administration and the attorney general who is in charge of Jack Smith hides from meetings, hides from conversations and just says go talk to Jack it is, a, it is a crazy new world. Trustee says there will be no arrest and expects to see the indictment between now and Tuesday. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
0: An FBI document allegedly says President Biden got $5 million from an executive of a Ukrainian natural gas company. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on the case and the reactions from several lawmakers.
1: Hunter Biden once sat on the board of the company named Burisma Holdings, an informant allegedly indicated in the document that the Ukrainian company hired Hunter, quote, to make the problems go away. Those problems allegedly centered around top Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin. Shokin was planning to investigate Burisma. He was fired in April 2016 amid long-standing charges of corruption. About a month prior to his dismissal, then-Vice President Biden threatened to cut off $1 billion in guaranteed loans to Ukraine, unless Shokin was fired. Biden recounted the story at the Council on Foreign Relations in 2018.
2: As I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you got fired.
1: Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene says she reviewed the FBI document and believes it is very credible. Greene shared what a Burisma executive allegedly told the FBI informant cited in the document.
0: He also said that he paid $5 million to one Biden and he paid $5 million to another. He told the informant that he has two pieces of evidence showing proof of payment to Hunter and, specifically, Joe Biden. Now
1: President Biden addressed problems. the allegations at a press conference on Fox News. Where's the money? I'm
4: joking. Mr. President, I try to talk to a bunch of malarkey
1: Rep. Nancy Mace reacted to Biden's joke in a tweet, saying, We don't find selling out your country funny. Prove us wrong by releasing your and your family's unredacted bank records. The FBI can't protect you forever, Mace added, and since you asked, the money is in your family's shell companies. Release these bank records, too, and attached a long list of companies. Rep. Anna Paulina Luna also reacted on Twitter, The DOJ indicting President Trump the same day House Oversight members saw documentation from the FBI stating that Biden and his son each received a wire transfer of $5 million from a foreign actor is not by accident. What Biden has done is impeachable. The FBI form is from June 2020. It contains an interview with an informant who was, quote, highly credible. The informant described multiple meetings with a top Burisma executive over several years beginning in 2015. The executive allegedly wanted advice from the informant on buying a U.S.-based oil and gas company. The White House has downplayed the panel's investigation as a silly charade, aimed at hurting Biden's reputation ahead of the 2024 elections. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: Montana State Attorney General Austin Knudsen has filed a lawsuit over ESG. That's environmental, social and corporate governance in- initiatives. Knudsen filed the lawsuit in Montana District Court on Thursday. It's against the National Association of Attorneys General, or NAAG. It's a nonprofit organization of state attorneys general. Knudsen said the organization broke Montana law when it invested state money in ESG initiatives. ESG is a practice of considering social and political issues in business investments. Critics say doing so compels companies to adopt certain progressive policies and fails to maximize returns for investors. Knudsen's lawsuit seeks an audit on the NAAG and to have the state funds returned. The Montana attorney general withdrew from the organization last year. Coming up, career changes aren't uncommon nowadays, but what if you're mid-career? We have some tips on how to approach it. And wildfires across Canada rage on. We have footage from the air and even from space. Stay with us to see how far the smoke has spread. A tragedy in the water. Officials say a shark killed a Russian citizen near a beach resort in Egypt. We want to warn viewers that the following footage is disturbing. An eyewitness filmed the attack and shared the video with Reuters. Egypt's Environment Ministry said a tiger shark was responsible for the death of a swimmer, but did not provide details. A team from the ministry was able to capture the shark and local authorities issued a ban on swimming and other water sports near the attack site. A diver who arrived on the scene said people rushed to help the victim after a lifeguard raised the alarm. Unfortunately, though, they were not able to reach him in time. We have some aerial footage of the forest fires blazing across Canada. The country is seeing its worst ever start to wildfire season on record. British Columbia Wildfire Service filmed fires burning east of Tumbler Ridge. Local authorities issued an evacuation order for the town. The skies were filled with dark smoke. Satellite images from the International Space Station show the smoke from the wildfires spreading to the U.S. Forecasting service AccuWeather says it's the worst case in over 20 years. The smoke reached as far as Norway yesterday. and National Weather Service meteorologist says the conditions are likely to last till Sunday. That's when a new storm system is expected to shift the direction of prevailing winds. Because of all the wildfire smoke in the air, many are concerned about the health impact. And there can be serious health consequences if people don't protect themselves. NTD's Fake quarter tells us how.
4: Wildfire smoke can cause health problems. In the short term, it could lead to dizziness, breathing difficulties, nausea, headache, or burning eyes. In the long term, it could lead to lung cancer. If you already have health problems, the smoke may make them worse. It's similar uh, to smoking. If you think about that, if you're you're smoking a cigarette, you're inhaling smoke. So it's very similar, but on a grander scale. Christine Padovan is a toxicity expert at Paladina International. She says the number one thing everyone should do to protect themselves is to stay indoors. But of course, the smoke can still get in. So there's more you can do. A mask with a filter, like a active charcoal or active carbon filter, that will filter out the elements as you're as you're breathing, as you're doing your work outside or walking outside. The other thing for the home is have a higher MERV filter, MERV eleven or higher. Change it out every at least every two weeks because of the amount of particles in the air. Padovan says we could also put on the N95 masks, which many of us had to wear during COVID, but she recommends stronger masks that have built in filters like base camp masks. She also recommends Active Pure air cleaners. Its technology was developed by NASA but is now being used commercially. Active Pure molecules work by destabilizing the shell of a virus, bacteria, or other microscopic contaminant. She says it's basically an air scrubber and that she believes it's the best way to purify the air. Faye Quarter, NTD News.
0: At the beginning of the year, 96% of workers were looking for a new job and it's getting more common for people who are unsatisfied to consider a career change, but how to go about it? I spoke to Deb Harrison. She's a consultant who focuses on growth for both individuals and businesses. I asked her for tips and how to know if a career change is the right decision
5: so there's a few different things i like to ask people when they come and they say that they're looking to make a career change so the first question is is the reason because they feel unhappy in the position they're currently in and they're looking for a change for that reason or is it because there's something that's changing in the economy or in the industry that that they're in where they feel like a career change is going to be more beneficial to them and the reason that that's helpful out of the get at right at the get-go is is this more of an internal need to change or is this more of an external need to change? So, where do we want to focus on, on where we go next? Um, and once we've kind of really gotten down to that specific component of why is the change necessary, why did they get into the career that they got into to begin with? What made them, you know, what were the skills that they had or the things that they were really interested in that made them choose the path that they originally chose? And that helps us to kind of peel back some of the layers of. Where might there be overlaps in terms of where they're gonna go next? Those are really interesting questions, which brings me to my
0: next question as of why, you know, or, or, you know, how do we know that this is maybe the right choice because a career change is a big step. So, especially for people that are semi established or pretty much sure. established mid-career. So how do we know if this is actually the right
5: step to take? So I usually and that's great that you're you're posing that question because a lot of times people I think are are meeting frustration in their role and they may think okay it's time for a career change and it isn't necessarily it may just be time to change the way that they're functioning in their current job. Historically there might have been more of a well you're not feeling satisfaction but you're going to just carry on because you really can't change paths at this point whereas now there are so many opportunities to look at transferring your skills and gaining additional training that when somebody feels that lack of fulfillment, there is an opportunity to ask, what is it that you feel like is missing in your current role? Is it that there's a skill set that you have that you really aren't being able to use, and you know that that skill set is something that you really get excited about when you're using? Is it that there's something about the culture of the company that you're working at that just doesn't feel right for you? And you've talked to other people who are in similar roles at other companies, and they share that frustration. And you know, okay, this isn't just this company. This is kind of an industry thing. So if you're feeling that internal feeling of I'm not fulfilled, I'm feeling stressed out about going to work, whether it's because of the workload or the emotional intensity of situations going on, then it's time to start thinking about changing your direction because you really don't need to be locked into that path.
0: And now for those people that are now coming to the conclusion, yes, I should, what are your top tips on how we should prepare, um, you know, that the career change will actually be successful?
5: Sure. Absolutely. So the first thing I say is make a list of skills. And this falls into two different categories. You have your actual job role skills that may have come from past positions that you've held. And then you have your, I like to call it the life resume. Right. If you've raised kids, if you've overcome an injury, those are skills that very much can be transferable to specific roles in a different industry. So we like to make those two lists of what are your skills and strengths and then an additional list of what are you interested in? And then the next thing is making sure that you are taking advantage of opportunities, whether it's working with a coach or a mentor or somebody in your personal and professional network. To reevaluate your resume, reevaluate your LinkedIn profile, which is really big right now. I would say your LinkedIn profile almost really usurps the resume at this point, making sure that it's updated and it's reflecting your changing goals. So, even if you've got this really great uh, kind of capture of everything that you've accomplished in your career, you wanna make sure that you're putting in there points that speak to how you are prepared to go in this new direction. And you may find that there are areas that you need to take training on, and there's a lot of free training available out there. So you want to take advantage of that. Uh, You want to look for people that are in your network on LinkedIn that you can reach out to and say, This is the direction that I'm looking about, you know, looking to head in. And what are some things that you think are missing on my LinkedIn profile or on my resume that could really help me? So, really sharpening up and making sure that you're fine tuning those areas because that's where potential. Companies that are gonna hire you are gonna be looking at that.
0: Mm, I think that's a really good point and LinkedIn is something that I hear always uh, when it comes to those questions. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Deb Harrison.
5: You're very welcome, have a great day. Coming up,
0: scientists find that some species in zoos don't appreciate human attention while one species in particular benefits the most and a driving test failed in epic fashion is making its round on social media. You have to see this to believe it, so stick around. That story and more after the break. Welcome back. Schools out and teachers across the country are hoping students remember their summer reading lists. For one former elementary school teacher, consultant, and author, promoting childhood literacy has become a lifelong passion. Entity's Andrew Thomas has the details on how she's tackling reading with the help of the NFL.
3: For Catherine Stark, every March marks the annual Tackle Reading Initiative. The former teacher, author, and literacy consultant enlists the help of the NFL. Current and former players visit elementary schools across the country and read to students.
6: A lot of them talk about how reading was difficult for them when they were little, and that super resonates with our K-5 students, especially little boys who are reluctant to read. And then they see, oh, you know, somebody else had to overcome this reading challenge, and, and they're successful today.
3: Stark says she can encourage kids to read, but professional athletes promoting literacy makes a particularly meaningful impact.
6: When somebody that they look up to, somebody that they admire, somebody that they're putting on a pedestal a little bit higher than their teacher says the same thing, it resonates more.
3: For many young students, seeing their role models get excited about reading is encouraging. The initiative also provides the students an opportunity to see another side of these elite athletes.
6: I think it's just powerful that the kids already are admiring them for their you know athletic ability on the field but now off the field they get to see them in another light and they can relate to them
3: Detroit Lions linebacker Anthony Pittman is one of the NFL players helping kids tackle reading he tells students that reading and learning is a lifelong endeavor
0: like i said it's like school football you know you're you're in a playbook you're learning different things, you know, your study every single day. So I guess I've used that to be able to relate to, you know, how they need reading as well, you know, to study and to do their schoolwork and things like that.
3: NFL linebacker Tay Davis is set to play for the Atlanta Falcons this season. The Oxford, Alabama native got the chance to help the same elementary school he attended.
1: The biggest thing I would just say is knowledge is power. And one of the biggest ways you can learn something is reading. Um, Whether you're interested in that or, you know, it's for a class assignment, anything like that, uh, the more you read, the more you learn.
3: NFL veterans are joining tackle reading, too. Former NFL quarterback Jeff Garcia emphasizes the relationship between athletics and academia for success.
1: Being a quarterback in the NFL or at any level doesn't just take physical ability. It takes mental ability as well being able to study a game plan, study a playbook, understand how that works and how it functions in your mind.
3: March 1st, 2024 will mark the eighth anniversary of Tackle Reading. The initiative will feature a smaller event this September to coincide with International Literacy Day. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: Ever wondered what the animals in zoos are thinking about as human visitors? Families come to zoos to see animals up close all the time, but scientists have found that some species don't appreciate the attention. Here's the details.
3: Researchers from Harper Adams University, University of Bolton, and Nottingham Trent University analyzed animals kept in zoos and their response to visitors. Animal welfare is the highest priority for all good zoos. Um, And so by using that latest evidence base, we can get that animal welfare right whilst maintaining that core mission of conserving animals, bringing people close to animals, um, and helping animals all across the world. Elephants turn out to benefit the most from human presence. The animals are more active and sociable. One elephant in particular craves attention.
1: The granddaughter, she's nine months old, and sometimes she'll come over and really inquisitive about these slightly noisier school children. So each animal is different, but what this actually provides further evidence is that zoos are getting it right.
3: More than 250 species were studied. Animals like hedgehogs, koalas, and frogs responded negatively to visitors. They perceived humans as threats and hid themselves.
5: There were a couple of species where we saw negative responses to visitors, so negative responses tended to be um, kind of uh, more time spent off show um, and and kind of like, you know, hidden and stuff like that, which, for us, actually, that was a really important finding.
3: According to the researchers, animal reactions to human presence indicate that 53 percent were neutral, 21 percent were negative, 21 percent were unclear, and only 4 percent were considered to be positive. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: A video of a woman failing her driver's exam in a big way has gone viral on social media. The unfortunate test result was captured on a security camera. Footage shows the 63-year-old driver run over the curb onto the grass several times. She then hits the gas instead of the brakes and crashes into a lamppost. The vehicle rolls onto its side after the impact. Firefighters had to assist her out of the vehicle. She was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. A poor woman. That's a rough day, and I hope you guys will have a better one than that. That's it for this week. See you Monday. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee.